Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and giving this episode a listen. I'm glad that you decided to make it a part of your day. Uh, Always, you can go and find out more information. If this is maybe one of your first times catching one of our podcast episodes, you can go to secondstageministries.com and you can find out way more information there. There's blog posts and videos and more podcast episodes if you choose. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, um, share it with your friends, all that good stuff. But today, we are beginning a new series of episodes called After. And at this point, I don't really know how long this series is going to last. Not really sure. It's just going to be fun. And basically, what I want to be looking at is to be better after. And I think that's the point of this series is to kind of look at the way things were. And while we're kind of in this moment of like restrictions and quarantine and all of that, to maybe see how we could do things a little bit different after. This whole season has gotten a lot of people to wonder, when are we going to go back to normal? When are things going to get back to the way they were before? And I have to be honest, I don't think they are. I don't think things are going to be back to the way they were or the way they used to be or how they were or whatever the case is. We're headed toward a new normal. I don't think things are going to ever go back to the way they were. COVID-19 has drastically changed America and the world. And I don't believe there's any way America is going to go back to the old normal. I don't think that we are going to go back to an old normal either. I believe that God is showing us something new And it's something that he's been trying to show us for a while. But when things change, we want them to go back to the old way as soon as possible. Don't get me wrong, my wife and I, well my wife mostly, she spends her time at home right now as she's not working. So she's the teacher and the mom at home right now. So she probably wishes this more than me. But I'm pretty sure, can't wait for the kids to go back to school, regular school, in a classroom where we just deal with the homework and we're not trying to deal with the actual learning and the teaching, right? We want our kids to go back to regular school where they can hang out with people their age and meet new people and all of that. We want that for our kids. We also can't wait for the stores to open back up in full capacity and to not have to wear masks in the store. We can't wait for libraries to reopen. We can't wait until we're able to go out with friends and family. We cannot wait to go out on a date night. We can't wait for things to go back to the way they were. But as I said, to be honest, the stores may reopen, the schools may reopen, the libraries may reopen, the restaurants may reopen, but it's not going to be the way they were. There's always going to probably be something different. It's going to be a new normal. A new normal that we should be looking forward to and not dreading. I believe that God has always led his people into something better. Even though they might kick and scream, and I'm referencing the the nation of Israel here, and I'm also referencing us, and it's very interesting. I often look at the nation of Israel, and I kind of point a finger, and it's kind of like, can't they just see what, what, what God was doing? And look at them acting like a bunch of babies. 
But in reality, I know the end of their story. I know where they were going. But let's drop ourselves into their reality, into their world. They had no clue. Just like right now, we have no clue what's going on, where we're going, what it's going to look like at the other end. All we know is what we had. So in the book of Exodus, God led the nation of Israel out of Egypt because he heard their cries of oppression. And the Bible says in Exodus 3-7, when the Lord is talking to Moses from the burning bush. Now, that once again, that always has to be a scene. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. And again, that was in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. He was taking them to the promised land. Like God sends Moses to go get them, and he was taking them to the promised land. He was taking them to something better so that they could be better. But on numerous occasions, right there initially, especially in the book of Exodus, they kicked and screamed and whined and moaned that they didn't have food, that they didn't have water, that they were going to die in the desert. And if, if we were going to die anyway, why didn't you just leave us in Egypt and we could die at the hands of the Egyptians? In fact, they said this to Moses, Exodus 14, 12 says, didn't we say to you, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians It would have been better off for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Now, that's not very grateful. But once again, we are kind of doing the same thing. They didn't know where they were going. But we also are kind of doing the same thing where it's kind of like, what's up? Like, what's going on? Why are we dealing with this? Why do we have to stay home trapped all the time? Why can't we go to the park? Why can't we go to the store like we used to? Why can't we do these things? So, the change they wanted. This is the change that they wanted. They wanted not really what they had. They were slaves after all. They wanted what was normal. Right? They didn't want this kind of change. They just wanted like it to stop. But it was their normal. But God wanted what came after. God wanted to take them to the promised land where they could be the nation of Israel, where they could be his people. And Jesus had the same kind of message during his ministry as well. I want to focus on another uh, smaller group of people. And uh, throughout this series, we're going to be bouncing back and forth between Israel and uh, this smaller group of people called the Disciples. The disciples were a big part of Jesus' ministry, and Jesus called each one of them not only to a better life, but to be better. What we know about the disciples is Jesus called Andrew, Peter, James, and John from their fishing boat. Matthew was called by Jesus from his tax collector's booth, and tax collectors at that time were known criminals. And fishermen, to be honest, probably didn't have much people skills because they spent a lot of time on a boat alone with each other. So they probably acted and smelled and talked like a bunch of sailors. But we can find these accounts, you know, uh, Luke chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 9 are both about the fishermen getting called and Matthew getting called. But Simon was known as a, a zealot, such as he would engage in activities that would try and overthrow government. Um, Matthew chapter 
10 verse 4 in Mark 3.18 kind of pick that up. Judas was a thief, and we see that in John chapter 12. There's really no information concerning Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Thaddeus, or James. So, we've got these people. And it's quite a, quite a strapping group of people that Jesus kind of plucked out of the world there, right? But Jesus handpicked them, and he spent three years with them to help them to see, to be, and to do a better life. But as we all know, Jesus, their friend, their leader, was crucified and buried in a tomb... But then he rose from the dead, just as he told them he would. But the disciples were not sure what to do. But the disciples weren't sure what to do after their leader died. Okay? So we've got this interesting thing. We know they hid for a little bit because of, like, the uprising that happened at Jesus' crucifixion. And the thought of eradication of what Jesus was teaching and what Jesus was doing. Anybody that was associated with them, associated with Jesus, sorry, was slated to probably be found and taken care of so that way everything could kind of go back because Jesus had like upset everything and a lot of people were upset. So this is what Jesus had done, right? But after a short time, even after Jesus appeared to them, he finds them But in John chapter 21, we see him appear to them again. Now, he had already appeared to them previously with that whole thing with Thomas and not believing and all of that um, in John chapter 20. But in John chapter 21, we see him appear to his disciples again, and he sees them doing something that he had called them out of. John chapter 21 records this, and they had gone back to what was normal to them. They had come they had come so far with Jesus. Jesus had taught them so much in 3 years. Can you only imagine? But then he appears to them on the beach here and they're doing what was normal. Now, give them a little bit of credit. It was probably food or a hobby as well. But Jesus had called them out of that and he wanted them to do this new thing. But when he appears back to them, they're doing what was normal to them. John chapter 21, verse 3, verses 3 through 5, actually, says, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into a boat, and they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. So it's kind of like they returned back to fishing. Much like Israel, Israel wanted to go back to Egypt where they had food and where they had shelter and where they had all of this. And they didn't want to be in the desert and they didn't want to eat manna and quail and drink water out of wherever they could find it. They wanted things to the way they were, not to where they were going. And at this point, Jesus had already taught them, right? Jesus appeared to them this time to remind them of something. That he had led them for three years to be better, not to be the same three years later. Jesus didn't mind that they were fishing, but he he minded that they were going to get trapped back into a lull. That they were going to go back to fishing instead of going forward. And he turns to Peter, even after Peter's betrayal. 
and he appointed a leader to the group. Okay, they may not have had one before. Okay, now remember Simon also Simon Peter is the one that also was like, hey, yo, I want to go fishing. So, but Jesus appointed Peter to be the leader, and Jesus tells Peter in John chapter twenty-one. He says, when they finished eating, Jesus told Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time Jesus the third time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt by this time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus once again said, Feed my sheep. And he also reminded Peter of what he said, Hey, my church is going to be built on you. Matthew chapter 16. Uh, verses 17 through 19 pretty much says that, that, that you, Peter, are going to be what the church comes out of, and nobody's going to overcome it. But in order to do that, you got to get out of the fishing boat. You got to go forward into what I have for you and take what I have taught you and teach other people, take care of my sheep. So, as I've said, we are called to the same kind of thing. We are called to be better as well. God is calling us during this time to be better. He is urging us to see the things that we could be doing better and to make them better, to try and tweak them, to try and adjust them. After all, this is said and done. And we go back to whatever normal might look like. God is not wanting us to return to the old normal and just fall back into the way things were. God doesn't want us going back to Egypt or longing for the way things were. He does not want us going back to the fishing boat. He wants us to go forward to the promised land. He wants us to experience something new that he's stirring up, that he has been stirring up, and that this kind of lull in our schedule, this this restricted schedule that we're that we're living right now has got us thinking now has God's kind of got our attention and after all this is said and done God wants things to be better God wants things to be better for us for our community for our friends for our relationships for everything that we come into contact with God wants us to be better God is calling us to be better Thank you.